got another installment of our discussion show dedicated to The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. So the way this works is that uh, when a new episode of The Mandalorian drops on Friday, um, that following weekend, we, uh, we, I get together with a guest, and uh, we discuss our reaction to that latest episode. So um, let's see, uh, spoiler alert. Uh, so if you haven't watched Season 2, Episode 7 of The Mandalorian, here's your warning. We will be discussing in detail Chapter 15, The Believer. So if you aren't caught up, use discretion moving forward with this episode. All right, so this week I welcome Delavan. Uh, Delavan is one of the co-hosts on Can't Sit Still podcast. And uh, Can't Sit Still is a, it's got a great premise for a podcast. It's uh, uh, three friends throw news and current event topics into a fishbowl and draw them out at random to talk about them. Um, and then they add their own unique kind of um, perspective onto those uh, those topics. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's um, it's a fun, informative uh, podcast, and uh, we we've done um, we we've done we did a crossover episode, Mind Grenade and Canton Still, a couple episodes, a uh, handful of episodes back, and uh, JJ and Delavan and Alex are a lot of fun. So um, go check them out at Can't Sit Still podcast um you can find can't sit still on uh, anchor um on itunes on all the podcast aggregators so um i i had a great time a great conversation with delavan uh for this episode of the mandalorian and i have a feeling you'll enjoy it too so yeah let's get into it um meet me and delavan on the other side of this music break So, um, Delavan, what is a Star Wars memory from your youth, um, uh, or a Star Wars toy or thing um, from your youth? Let's, let's see. Either, either I, question, yeah. Yeah, as as a kid, I think like my biggest one, I had the Obi Wan Kenobi lightsaber. Oh, nice! And like like the plastic one that extended out and yeah. like lit up whenever you had. Mine never had batteries in it ever. Right. Um, I I would occasionally get some batteries in it, but anytime they die, you know, I just get rid of them. <laughs> but, uh, my friend Josh and I would constantly, uh, duel with them. He had the Yoda lightsaber and I had the Obi-Wan Kenobi and, and we fought with them like all the time. We had so many bruises from hitting each other <laughs> with those lightsabers. It was, it was absolutely ridiculous, but, um, yeah, that, that was, that's probably like my number one story that I have yeah, uh, or memory that I have from, from Star Wars. Did you, uh, when did you start coming in? Um, when did you come online with Star Wars? I, I'm guessing um, probably leading up to the prequels and, or, uh, or after. I, I would say like, I actually watched the originals like a lot whenever I was out at my, out at my grandma's okay. for uh, like whenever she would watch me when my mom and dad would, go to work and everything and i it was like summer i'd watch them all the time out there okay but i would say that i didn't start getting into it super heavy and like really paying too much attention to it fully uh-huh. until uh probably about the age of 10 okay it's probably about the time that i got into it and that was when my friends were kind of kind of getting into it with me and it was you know it was well it was the time that i was my friend and i were fighting each other yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it was pretty great so around uh um Let's see. I let's see. I'm 
24 now, so okay, 14 yeah. years ago. So about 2006. Yeah, so definitely nope. after. Yeah. Oh, so then edit around after the uh, the, the prequels. Yeah. and Yeah. Um, but I didn't have a real interaction with the prequels until much later than that. Okay. Honestly, I was more the originals yeah. than anything, and then and then it kind of kind of stemmed from there. I think it wasn't until about 2010 that I really started. You go back, the and then yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, I um I never had the lights. I know what I know which ones you guys are you're talking about the ones that extend and stuff like that, and then um. Uh, I, I do now. I, everybody's got those really nice ones that you can like smack against stuff, and they. Uh, but um, those man, people spend all kinds of crazy money on those things on the. Um, oh yeah. On the new yeah. lightsabers, and the, you know, there's one for you know you can get a Mace Windu, you can get a Obi Wan, you can get all kinds of of them now. But um, uh, yeah, uh, you uh, one of your your but. Uh, Caius, we were just talking about Caius prior to uh, mm-hmm. to recording, and uh, it's uh, a friend of yours that uh, we had on Mind Grenade for um, one of these episodes of The Mandalorian. He went into the lore of the lightsaber, and I was like, just <laughs> it just blew my mind because you know it's one thing to go into the lore uh, with this show with The Mandalorian, uh, talking about Mandalore and this and that. That's one thing, but like he went deep on the lightsaber lore. I was like, holy crap! I was like, wow! I didn't realize any of that stuff. But uh, yeah, he, he's uh, definitely knowledgeable in that in the mm-hmm. idea. And and I'd be lying to you if I told you that I haven't thought about also buying one of those newer lights. Yeah, they look cool as fuck. Yeah, for fun. sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, and yeah, sure enough, I was like, like he he started walking me through the process of customizing my own. And then I got all the way to the end and saw the dollar amount. And I was like, all right, just give me like. <laughs> the run of the mill, absolutely default lightsaber. That, and <laughs> yeah. even then that's still super expensive. And I was yeah. just like, I don't know that this is for me. Yeah. I was like, it, I was like, you've got plenty. I'll just, uh, we, we can hang out and just <laughs> play around with yours. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, they they look cool as fuck. Cause they, when you, when you bang them against each other, they make the sound that lightsabers would mm-hmm. make, uh, when you do, when you're dueling like that. No, they're, they're really, that's probably, I'm trying to think, cause you've got all kinds of, uh, I'm thinking about Spaceballs, all the merchandising <laughs> uh, with Star Wars. And that's got to be up there, the pinnacle of just uh, out of all the cool merchandise you can get. Um, those, those lightsabers that came around um, after the prequels, the ones that we're talking about um, with the that they li- you hit the switch and they just light up. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, those have got to be the coolest. I mean, you, you think of you think of like the Lego sets, and you think of um, whatever, just fucking uh, video games, and just all the merchandise that comes along with Star Wars, the toys and whatnot. But the 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 almost real uh, to life lightsabers, minus the laser, the actual laser sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are those are fucking sweet, man. And uh, I'm guessing they run around about a hundred bucks, probably eighty bucks, maybe or more, probably roughly. Too. Yeah, yeah, roughly that, if not a little bit more. Like I said, if you fully customize it and everything like yes, that, I think you then, can get like. I'm sure there's people that get up there to like six hundred dollars. Exactly right. Of the yeah. lightsaber, I'm sure of that. Super but, customized, yeah, yeah, and and I. Correct me if I'm wrong, but and I don't know if you know this or not, but it's uh, isn't Star Wars like one of the most profitable franchises in in movie history? Um, probably much. Mon- th- probably e- even if we take the movies away, <laughs> even if we yeah. if we're just talking merchandise. I mean, just uh, 
you know, the the action figures, the lightsabers, yeah. the the Lego sets, the the video games. Um plus video games too, like um mm-hmm. we'll tangent a little bit here like um i remember when call of duty uh was at the height of its like popularity probably about 10 years ago um those games would be would be would make more money like i think at the time like harry potter books were still coming out and um and like big blockbusters like avatar were coming out Call of Duty was like dwarfing their like sales just because you know a unit's like sixty dollars a pop, where a book's only like what twenty bucks a pop, and uh, so just video games alone are um, uh, make so much money. And uh, Star Wars has a, a great series of video games, you know, uh, Knights of the Old Republic and and all these other, and then just the fucking Lego Lego games. So um, that's. That's where I played most of my games was the Lego series, and then yeah. I did have uh, Revenge of the Sith um, video game that I played pretty religiously yeah. for a little while. Yeah, and then, I but think it, I remember that one. Yeah, I remember at the time that I was like, "This is so cool and so advanced." And then I went back and I played it like <laughs> I want to say it was like a year ago, and I was just like, "Man, this is nothing compared to what we play now." Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and just the nostalgia factor to it to, mm-hmm. was pretty cool, but like really the the actual play of it and everything, I was just like, this, this is pretty basic. <laughs> like, this, yeah. It's cool, but it's pretty basic. Yeah, uh, I, I saw uh, somebody at work recently showed me a comparison of uh, just, and this is these are recent fucking. I mean, more. Th- this is the most. This is the most recent game um, out right now. It's that Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Somebody showed me uh, a comparison of the PS five with like the PS four, and it is fucking. It's crazy the, the the comparison. So we are just in the in the midst of seeing video games kind of level up, but um, yeah, it's it's highest perspective kind of right now. Mm-hmm. Um, my fiance asked me the other day. She was like, "Are you going to buy a PS5?" And I was like, "I don't think I'm going to be able to." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Those things are sold out the moment that yes. they come on mm-hmm. the shelves." And I was like, "And you know, it's really good graphics and everything." But I was like, "I just bought a PC." Yeah. So it'd be like by the PC, I'm gonna pay almost the same amount yeah. for for a PS5 that, and quite frankly, I like I'll play it sure, but probably not as it's, not as much. I'm not gonna have the time to be able to spend on a PC and a PS5. Right. I was like, I wish I could. I don't though. Yeah. Yeah. Really do. Uh, yeah. I'm uh, I'm looking maybe later later in the year later in 2021 to look start looking into new consoles and stuff, but. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, the uh, the Star Wars video games of the past, um, of the recent past, have been a lot of fun. I keep bringing up um, on this podcast, doing the Mandalorian um, podcast episodes. Uh, there's a there's a Django Fett. No, so this must, must have been more than ten years ago now. Um, a Django Fett game that came out around Attack of the Clones. Uh, the, the, yeah. The, um, and and boy, it was fucking so much fun. Like because the character, and I brought this up on the on the podcast. The character has so many like doodads and gizmos, you know. He's got the jetpack. He's got the, he's got his pew pew. He's got his uh, he's, <laughs> he's got his uh, grappling hook. He's got all kinds of cool shit. And then the game, the game was cool because uh, this this kind of uh, will inform listeners to um, how I uh, interact with games. Um, I got like three months worth of full on just gaming out of it. And uh, it was a gift, but even if I had spent the 60 bucks for the game, like, I just, I'm so disappointed when the game is, like, you play it and you're done in a week, 
you know, you've, you've oh, yeah. beat it. And so mm. um, I got my, uh, I, like I said, I didn't pay for it, but I got my money's worth out of it uh, in quotes. Um, uh, but uh, boy, it was so much fun. Uh, but um, yeah. I'll uh, say any, anybody that knows me mm-hmm. knows that I absolutely hate buying a game at its it's opening retail price yeah, yeah, because yeah. I know that I'm never going to be able to maximize the amount of play time on that game yeah. for the full $60. It's, it's, and that's like, that's my biggest gripe of games nowadays. Yeah. And, and not, not that it was much different, you know, mm-hmm. back when you were kids, mm-hmm. but like, it's definitely at, at a point where I'm like the, the last game that I actually played that I felt like I got my full money's worth out of was probably Breath of the Wild. And that's because yeah. you can do just about anything in that game yeah. because it's so open world. Yeah. That you can beat it in 30 minutes if you want to, or mm-hmm. you can beat it, you know, in 90 plus hours and, you know, really like delve hard into it. Are, are they working on a sequel to that one? Or I yeah, I yeah. They, yeah. At least I think it's been in talks to, to yeah. work on a sequel. And that'll be the only game that I will be okay with paying $60 for when it comes uh, out because I know there's going to be plenty of gameplay to play. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to show how out of touch I am. That's a Zelda, right? That's a Zelda game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's yeah. a. There's a musician called Mike L, M-I-K-E, and then space L. Let me see if I can find him. He's got, he makes these soundtracks. He did a Pokemon and chill, but he also did a Zelda and chill. And it's uh, kind of, um, well, kind of, it's, it's, it's electronic, I guess, but it's not like EDM or anything. It's more like chill music to play like at a coffee shop or while you're reading a book at home or something like that. And the Zelda, I will throw that stuff on in the background when I'm playing other video games. That's what I like to do. I like to throw that stuff in the background and Caius gets onto me all the time about this, where I'll turn off the actual game audio. <laughs> yeah. Just so that I can listen to that music and change it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, Ze- yeah. Zelda and chill and it's Mike. L. It's uh, so it's Mike M I K E and then space L, and he's got like I said, um, a Zelda and chill that's really good, and uh, the other one's a Pokemon and chill. So if anybody out there listening would be interested in that, all right, dude, let's get into it. So, um, yeah. like I said, there's a spoiler alert up front in front of this, and um, let's see, let, let's place ourselves in the Star Wars saga where we're at when we're talking about. Season two of The Mandalorian. We're five years after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, our main character is a bounty hunter who's taken on a quest to return the child, in quotes, <laughs> safely to its people, the mystical Jedi. So um, he's come across the Jedi already, uh, uh, Ahsoka Tano, which was uh, pretty epic. That's an epic uh, episode. Um, so, uh, Delavan, uh just uh, in general, your uh, feelings on the series as a whole um, and any criticisms of the first season in particular. I'll let you get into that. Uh, first season I thought was really good. I really enjoyed the first season. Um, as for right now, where we're at in the in the season two and the, the entire storytelling and everything behind it, I'm, <laughs> I'm enjoying it, but I'm like – the more and more that I watch it, I go, this is just a D and D campaign yeah. masked as a star Wars, uh, yeah. uh, season. Yeah. And I don't hate that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. It's just, 
it's very like quest heavy, which obviously it's going to be because that's that's kind of how, you know, a storytelling like that's going to go is that you have to get to point A to point B to point C to eventually get to where you want to be at the very end. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of the that's probably something I like about it, but I also dislike about it Mm -hmm. because you can tell that this is very circular storytelling Mm -hmm. and not that that's a bad thing because one of my favorite creators is Dan Harmon who yes. made community yeah, Rick and who's Morty. worked on Rick and Morty and stuff like that. One of my favorite episodes from Rick and Morty is when he talks about circular storytelling yeah. and like, like goes into a deep explanation as to why it can be a positive thing, but also be a very negative thing. Mm-hmm. And something that I'm like, when I'm watching this, I go, this can go really well or this can go really poorly is that either you get so repetitive kind of meandering to the audience and who you're playing to, or you can just continue to have story building growth. And, and right now it's at the point of a story building growth. And, but I'm, I'm hoping that it never gets to a point of meandering to the, the audience that is trying to play to. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've kind of noticed that. I, too, I have, what, uh, especially after on. the last, well, we had that episode with Ahsoka Tano and which was a peak and, and, in mm-hmm. the momentum of the story and then the last couple episodes, which I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed just about every episode, but it does do the meandering thing. And it, it feels like there's not enough meat on the bone story-wise um, on certain mm-hmm. episodes. Um, the, last ep- the last couple episodes, the episodes we're going to talk about uh, on, on this recording, yeah, there's not a lot's happened. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 um, just to kind of get ahead of myself with this episode, uh, if they had if they didn't have all that action, all that over the top, really mm-hmm. fun action in it, not a lot happened in this episode story wise. Uh, you know, for one character it did, um, but uh, but even the last, the previous episode, the one that came out after Ahsoka Tano, yeah, not not a lot. I mean, we get a reveal with the character, yeah. but story for the main character and the main thrust of the whole show like it does it'll it'll just meander some for a couple episodes then we'll get some movement and then and then it'll meander so i I can totally and that's not an that's been something that's been part of the conversation i think since the show has started so yeah i can totally see that critique and and Having said that, yes, I'm still enjoying the show. So. Yeah, no, I, I'm not saying that it takes away from the show mm-hmm. whatsoever. I mean, it, right. you ha- you hope that it eventually gets to a point where it moves past that and it, it kind of tries to do its own thing and everything like. But but with this last episode, like my biggest critique of it is is that I mean, it is the most to me one of the most plain evidences that there is a circular storytelling here yeah and in the aspect of just how it starts and getting all the way back to more or less where it started in the first place the only difference is is that you see a slight change in the character and moving forward at the idea that he's you, you now see that he's willing to do whatever it takes in order to get grogu back yeah yeah that yeah for i mean sure. you're you're kind of seeing that point where it's like at first he was like oh this is the way i will not show my face that's that's how this goes i don't take the helmet off and like it starts to slowly grip past where it's like, well, at first you said you're not going to take your helmet off. Period. Yeah. Now you're saying, well, as long as they don't see my face, it's fine. And then you even move past that to be like, well, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to get the kid back because yeah. I, I'm going to take my mask off. If I have to take my mask off to get the stuff. So yes, for sure. There is some growth in that character for sure. Oh yeah. That it's been very little growth, but yeah, uh, mm-hmm. throughout the series, but 
especially, yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's see. Let's not. Uh, it's, uh, let me not get too far ahead of myself. So this chapter is chapter fifteen. The believer is the title of the uh, of this one, and it's uh, so our um, protagonist. Uh, it says to move against the empire. The Mandalorian needs to help. Needs the help of an old enemy, and that's where um, um, Bill Burr's character comes in, who has been a delight. Like, it's funny um, knowing him as a, a stand-up comedian, um, mm-hmm. who I followed throughout the years, um, seeing him show up in like Breaking Bad and some other shows and stuff, and in, and in this particular particularly because he he's famously made fun of Star Wars fans in his stand-up before. <laughs> He's a great fit in this, I think. Um, oh yeah, for it, sure. It's been yeah. uh, it's worked out, and especially this episode with he like, has yeah. just the right amount of comedy to add to the add to the character while also portraying pretty good seriousness to him. Yeah, uh, when when he has to. Yeah, you know, like that whole conversation when when they're in the uh, in the vehicle in driving the across. Yeah, and yeah. He's, and he's like talking about he's like you know Empire. New Republic, we're all the same to them. We're just intruders into their own territory. Yeah, and and like just talking about stuff like that, I was like, man, you wouldn't expect that from Bill Burr. And then all of a sudden, he just makes a joke, like some sort yeah, of yeah, form of comedic relief. But but I completely agree. But also, uh, just that type of perspective within the Star Wars universe is mm-hmm. it's is uh it's something new newish, I guess. Like just like um just the average person in that universe just talking about the the big stuff that's been hap- that that happens around them with the empire and the new republic and everything else like he's just some dude that just like gets wrapped up in it and um it it's a very grounded kind of like point of view um of of the average person in the Star Wars universe that's really really um interesting i thought and for him um to be that person is uh because like like i said like he's not he he didn't he was never into the saga you know um like a lot of people are a lot of the people that are probably starring in the show you know who grew up with it and and are living out this dream now he he's someone who wasn't into star wars was into a whole different you know uh uh and and it comes into it and adds this whole other kind of aspect to it. Um, I, uh, I and then including that whole scene when he sits down with the um, with the Imperial and is trying to help out uh, Mando. Um, but then, and we'll get into that. But yeah, it's uh, I, I'm I'm so glad that um, Bill Burr was brought into this, and it's adding to the show rather than just it being comedic relief, which it is comedic relief, but. He's also adding to it, adding to the um, uh, pathos. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but um, yeah, just adding another um, fold to, or just adding another perspective to the Star Wars saga is is really cool that and unexpected. I, I absolutely agree. Like that was one of the things whenever I was watching the episode that I go, this is a perspective that I don't think is very often take. It's yeah. like either you're a or you're B, but yeah. you never see in between a and B. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so you have, you, you have your, uh, new Republic and then you have, uh, uh, the Imperial and you, and you go, well, which side, because you have some people that are saying, Oh, the, 
the empire's right, and then you have the other side where you have the new republics right. Mm -hmm. But you don't th stop and think about there's just people in the middle that, mm -hmm. that are getting you know have to deal with all of this stuff that's being and no matter who wins they still lose and then yeah, yeah. and that's inevitably something that's going to happen because when they're yeah when they're driving through that town and they just see the people they're like it doesn't matter to them who's driving through here like if it's imperial or or new republic yeah yeah um, and and you see that with the the episode with ahsoka tana mm -hmm. yeah where where you go in there and you see like uh, clearly they're ruling this town and the town obviously has no freedoms and mm -hmm. can't do it. And then you go, well, that's just one town. And then you start to see that through multiple towns mm -hmm. and you start to see that more and more. You start to start to kind of get a feel for the actual, the situation that's happening at hand mm -hmm. uh, with, with both the empire and the new Republic where they're, you know, they're still in the midst of a fight and there's no order, there's no rule. Mm -hmm. And then even if there was a rule, it's still going to be bad for mostly everybody involved. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, uh, the inhabitants on the ground level, like the just the everyday people, yeah, are just kind of caught up in this, <laughs> in this whole thing. Uh, but uh, it, it's cool that this show kind of shows that, you know, kind of shows that perspective also. Um, so let's see what else. You know, um, uh, th this show also I've noticed is very stormtrooper heavy, which is you know you got to show people. Uh, I guess the bad guys and the stormtroopers have always been kind of like um, fodder, I guess. Just, uh, you know, which, which, what better type of characters to be that way? They're essentially Nazis, are the, you know, which was kind yeah. of, which was kind of like that scene where um, they make, they, they, they make it to the base. They were the only transport that made it to the base after the, the, uh, confrontation with the pirates that were destroying the uh the the transports and they were the only ones to make it and uh they were happy that they made it you know i mean it was a life and death situation but they were saved by stormtroopers and then when they make it to that uh to the um the base there it's all this like fanfare you know like yeah we made it you know and the stormtroopers are all and you know it was a it was a good moment but at the same time they're the bad guys so uh, mm -hmm. it was a little bit conflicting uh, emotionally for me when, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, yeah, the, they made it and everybody's happy. But wait a minute. These guys are the bad guys. So um, but it was it, but it was uh, I don't know. It just the the um, the stormtroopers kind of, uh, you know, on, on one side, you're like, oh, these guys just fucking like they're just um uh, they're like video game characters, you know, that you're just mm -hmm. destroying and then you don't have any kind of emotional feeling for them at all. But when you think about it, yes, like you, you don't, you don't want to have emotional feeling for them at all. Cause they're the bad guys. They're essentially Nazis. They're called stormtroopers, like Nazis were. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, um, I guess with the force awakens and stuff like with, uh, Finn, you kind of like, well, you know, some of them probably aren't all, you know, they're they're just kind of caught up in it. But so it's it's a it's a um, it's kind of more nuanced kind of thing. But at the same time, we've all just decided that yeah, they're all bad guys anyway, and we do need um, soldiers on the. Uh, on the on the side of the bad guys to just mow through for the action aspect of the show um but uh 
Um, I, I did notice so having that aspect of it of just having this uh, this uh, unending barrage of bad guys for us to just mow through. It uh, kind of lends itself to the different. I mean, ever since Disney bought um, Star Wars, we've seen like. 15 new types of stormtroopers than we did prior. <laughs> yeah, this, they just keep expanding them out more and more. Of, yeah, we've got different. The, yeah, we've different got the dark, we got the black troop, the red ones, the Sith ones, the. Uh, um, in this episode, the reason I just went on that jag was because uh, um, the juggernaut stormtroopers mm-hmm. that we see in the transports, I thought that was a cool design. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely agree. Yeah, so uh, it's just uh, it's just funny how um, yeah, like when Disney bought them, like ever since then we've seen like fifteen different new varieties of stormtroopers. <laughs> but then we always have the the OG the ones, classic. That, yeah, yeah. that show up and yeah. So um, a very very interesting kind of like seeing the other side in this episode, just briefly when they're cheering the the last transport making it through. And then just the kind of weird uneasiness that the Mandalorian and um, what was his name in this? Bill Burr's name. Um, yeah. Oh boy. You know, I, yeah. every, because I, I was watching this with my fiance and everything. Yeah. And I, I told her, I was like, you know, for the life of me, I know I'm not going to remember tomorrow. So it's <laughs> just going to be Bill Burr's character. Yeah. Mayfield. I, that's exactly I what it is. I think it's yeah, yeah. Mayfield. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they, 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 they come in and, and, and um, are just uh, uh, glad that they made it with their lives. But then they're also in the um, uh, in the snake's den, essentially. They're in the you know mm-hmm. um, within behind enemy lines and stuff like that. So it's kind of a weird kind of um, ju- uh, a contrast of or just you know of them being saved, but then they're still in danger. Um, let's see. I got to tell you, yeah. One of the things that I love with uh, the Mandalorian is the fact that they they the Mandalorian definitely seems like he's vulnerable at any point in time. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, he's never winning every fight by too much. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of what the way that I'm seeing it. Cause like he's fighting those pirates. There's yeah. definitely at a point where it's like, Oh, well this could definitely be the end because yeah. they got it on there. And of course, you know, he ends up being fine at the last thing the, like, yeah. musters up enough strength to be able to get it past and then pick up the bomb and throw it and, and destroy the pirates <laughs> and everything. But it's like, yeah. but it's, but even like when he was fighting and I, I don't remember the actual name of the the alien that they're fighting, but the the rhino looking one. Yeah, where, where he's fighting, that, like he looks like he's beatable. Like he he's constantly getting shot at. He's constantly getting hit. Yeah, and everything like that. It, it's the same thing that kind of happened in the uh, the Daniel Craig version of the of James Bond. Yes, yeah, where it's the one version that it that not everything goes right for the character. Yeah. Like, like he's definitely getting beat up. He's definitely bleeding. He's definitely getting hurt. He's and 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 it yeah. makes it nicer on a storytelling basis because you can relate to the guy because not everybody yeah has that situation where everything just goes right for him. There's he, always something that goes not wrong. Not so much a Mary Sue. He like sure the Mandalorian and Daniel Craig James Bond they're complete badasses, but we do see them kind of get in uh, a little bit. Uh, uh, over their heads, kind of, um, yeah. When he's on that on top of the transport, he is kicking ass, but he doesn't seem like he's completely a hundred percent like uh, uh, ahead of the or in control of the situation. Especially there towards the end, when like suddenly 
there's three three of those little uh, pirate um, little hover things that show up. He's mm. like, okay, now he's out of he's out of his league. You know, there's too many of them now. Um, but I appreciate that, yeah, because we do get to see him be a complete badass. But then to see him be overwhelmed also is is nice because then you're like, okay, he does have a limit, which humanizes mm-hmm. him more. Like you said, um, shows some vulnerability um, physically, uh, and we've seen uh, his vulnerabilities physically, and we've seen him when he takes his helmet off in that situation, and he's kind of like it becomes. He, you could kind of see a, an emotional vulnerability too, or just like, mm-hmm. and and especially now with Grogu, uh, um, with his quest to now rescue Grogu, you do see his his vulner, uh, emotional vulnerability. Um, you know, uh, one a, one other aspect of this show that I appreciate um, is uh, uh, Ming Ming Nas Ming Ma, I think her is her name, the actress, and then. Um, mm-hmm. uh, 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 see, I'm picking the one actress's real name, and then I'm going to pick the uh, <laughs> other actress's fictional name, Cara Dune. Let me see. I got I got it here. Um, I, I, I liked them both in this episode. Um, they didn't get used enough, but really, this episode was really focusing on Bill Burr's character and um, and uh, the main character, uh, story-wise. But uh, the little bit we got to see of Cara Dune and... Um, let me see if I can find the uh, uh, other character's name. There's, uh, I'm, I'm. Since you brought up the uh, um, Dan Harmon's little, uh, what is that called? The um, circular story. Yeah, yeah, but it's, uh, I forget the uh, the person who came up with that uh, originally. Um, that Dan Harmon always talks about. Uh, but yeah, just that circular, the uh, hero's journey is whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. Um, there's also. Uh, the uh, Bechdel test is um, uh, is where like when you have and it has to do with um, having uh, diversity in your in your um, in your storytelling where you uh, it, the Bechdel test is like when you have two women in a story where they're more they're more than just like the girlfriend that gets yeah you know um but uh let me see if i can find it here they actually have like a more more direct role than just being a, a yeah a b character yeah and while they can be a b character as long as they have kind of more more than just a supporting role more of a direct direct action to it yeah yeah um something something along the lines of that yeah, yeah. uh let me see if i can find it here so let me let me get the characters names correctly so fennec is ming na wen's character and um, Gina Carano's character, Cara Dune. So they're integral to the story, but and they have conversations about the plot, uh, but it's not because they're romantically involved with the main character. And mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I kind of have uh, I when this whole kind of infusing diversity into all these stories, and I think it's important and. Um, um, what I don't care for is when it's ham-fisted and it's kind of like, it's, they're knocking you over the head with social, uh, justice. Like, I like it when it's, um, when it's, um, when, when it's subtle, when it, when they do it just right and, and it doesn't take you out of the story. 
Um, the best example, and I've brought this up before yeah. on the podcast, is uh, the 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 new the newer Spider Man movies um, with uh, Tom Holland. Um, sure, you got a a white guy as the lead, but the rest, like the rest of the cast, is super diverse. Uh, oh yeah, uh, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like they're knocking you over the head with it. It doesn't feel like they're pushing it on you. Um, a lot of those actors are sh- are should be there because because mm-hmm. they're good actors they just happen to be women and people of color um and uh oops. and uh i think i did notice the whole bestel ch- test in this episode but it was so, so like it wasn't like it, it didn't feel forced and if it, it it was subtle enough where i appreciated it i'm like yes i like those two characters and I like that they're not just forced into the story to fit some kind of quota. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I've had a conversation with my friends before where I'm like, I have no issue mm-hmm. with a movie that's trying to push an agenda. Yeah. The issue that I have is not being able to tell a good story. Yes. By using that agenda. Exactly. Exactly. If you can't, if you can't tell a story with it, don't put it in. Yeah. Yeah. Because the whole point of what you're doing right now is telling me a story that I'm supposed to be immersed into yeah. and that I'm supposed to care about. Yeah. So the last thing that you, I would want to happen is have that be the thing that overpowers the story so much mm-hmm. that the story is not prevalent. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of something that you don't, I, at least I personally don't feel like happen in this where yeah. they're there, they're having the conversation, they're adding to the story mm-hmm. and they are providing a, and, and this has been throughout the entire show. I've, I've never seen a situation in the show so far where it's been, pushing that agenda so heavily that you haven't been able to be immersed into the story. The mm-hmm. story's been first and foremost. Yeah. And then the agenda has followed along with it. Yeah. And, and, and it mixes in well with it. And then when you do, you get a, a beautiful uh, story that has, has just the right amount of, of social justice. That yeah. Into. Yeah. That's exactly, that's well put. Um, so, uh, We'll start kind of wrapping up here a little bit. We got a little bit more to go here, but um, I uh, the 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 little section there where Bill Burr, uh, Migs Mayfield's character, the Mandalorian, without his mask on, and that Imperial whatever he was, Admiral or whatever he was, um, uh, that actor's name is Richard Richard Brake. He was um, yeah. he played um, Joe Chill in. Um, Batman Begins. He's mm-hmm. uh, kind of a character actor. He's in uh, he's in a lot of um, like Rob Zombie movies. So that was kind of adding a little bit of creepiness to him, at least for me. Uh, but that whole scene right there, it reminded me of the scene in um, Inglorious Bastards where they're down in that uh, that bar uh, mm-hmm. where they're amidst, uh, in the midst of the Nazis and stuff, and they're, the tension is rising and rising. Until there's a shootout, um, uh, very very good scene. I thought, you know, um, just uh, it had very good back and forth. Yes, it had very good back and forth about about where how it started slowly, but then eventually escalated, and, and you could start to you could start to really see it on uh, on Mayfield's face. Mm-hmm. Yes, that he was getting more and more and more and more upset about yeah. how how the answers were coming back of just 
these aren't people. These are these are casualties, and it just is what it is. You move past, and you just deal with it, and and don't care. Yeah. And he's just he eventually gets to a point where it's like, well, great. Now you're going to be the next casualty. Yeah, yeah. And then the yeah. and the Mandalorian like gives him a not like don't do it, <laughs> you know. But it was too late. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was cool too. Um, it's uh, it's funny how um, uh, Pedro Pascal. Uh, he's such a good looking dude, like charismatic looking guy. And and he get, he has to have that helmet on the entire time, which at least the helmet looks fucking cool. That armor looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. But um, it's oh, just yeah. funny that he's such a uh, kind of uh, Hollywood uh, leading man, handsome, and he just has to have that fucking mask on. <laughs> so it was nice uh, to see him in this episode, and then do some acting with his uh, with his fa- you know with his eyes and stuff, mm-hmm. and giving. Uh, uh, Bill Burr's character, that look of like, don't do it, you know, but then, um, so yeah, that was, that was a, that was a great scene. I thought there too. Um, can I just say that that yeah. guy is the epitome of typecasted? Who's that? The, uh, like, uh, yeah, Richard, uh, Richard break. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Richard break. Yeah. He is the epitome of typecasted. I don't think I've ever seen him in any other role than the bad guy. Than the bad. Or, yeah. Or, or in some form of fashion of like, uh, more of a darker role yeah yeah it, it, i don't think that i've ever seen him in anything other than that it's unsettling just that little yeah when i that whole time i was like this guy and he doesn't do anything like doesn't kill anybody he talks about killing people but he doesn't do anything super threatening other than that he holds a position of power there and they're mm-hmm. behind enemy lines and uh but just yeah his his demeanor is very unsettling and uh so they picked the a, a good actor for that role um but yeah uh so um Delavan, as we wrap up i've got a couple more things here did you have a favorite moment i have mine do you have a favorite moment from this episode yeah i i well <laughs> i guess I would I'd I'd combine it to a bunch of different moments, and I would say it's the the growth of the character. Mm-hmm. Just going from at the very beginning, he will not show his face, he will not take his helmet off, and then it switches over to, well, now I I just won't show you my face, is what it is. I, I, if I have to be in something different in order to be able to get the kid back, that's what's going to happen. And then he just all of a sudden takes his mask off, and now you see his face mm-hmm. like that that. I think if I had to pick one specific moment, it's right at the end there where he does show his face mm-hmm. in order to be able to, to like really drive home the point that he is going to do whatever he's got to do to get this kid back. Because yeah. that is what his mission is. It's what his goal is. It's what he cares about. And then the scene at the very end with Moff Gideon and, mm-hmm. and where he just yeah. like sends him the transmission saying, yeah. saying I'm, you're going to see me. Yeah. I'm getting the kid back. You think, you know how this is going to end and it's not going to end the way you think. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it just takes him to a whole new level of, I'm going to do what I got to do to get this kid. And you yeah. ain't stop it. Definitely a character growth. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, my, uh, <laughs> my favorite mode is kind of a cheap kind of, <laughs> as all nostalgic moment. The, uh, Boba Fett who, uh, it looks like he had an upgrade, like he cleaned up his armor quite well. Um, mm-hmm. It still has the little tiny dent on the top of the helmet. <laughs> it's like he cleaned that up. That 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 uh, it looks great. The 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 costume a little too mm-hmm. polished, but yeah, it's funny how he couldn't get that one little dent off the top of his helmet. But there's um, and I talked about it. I'm pretty sure on the last episode I did of the man uh, of these episodes is uh. 
and and Attack of the Clones, this uh, episode two of Star Wars, with Jango Fett and little young baby, not baby, he was a kid, Boba Fett, uh, when they're escape, they're trying to uh, outrun um, Obi Wan Kenobi in that film. They let off these seismic mm-hmm. charges in that movie, and that was like one of the coolest things because I saw Attack of the Clones in the theater at the time, and um, I've mentioned before that that movie kind of doesn't hold up um uh you know you go back and watch that movie and it's pretty rough now at the time when i watched it i really liked i really enjoyed it but uh specifically this moment uh where obi-wan is uh is uh chasing down Django fett and boba fett they let out from slave one they let out these depth charges or these seismic charges and in the theater Mm -hmm. when you see the explosion the si- it goes silent, and it, uh, the 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 movie goes completely silent for a couple seconds, and then you hear the explosion. And in this, at the end of this episode, you get to see that again. And uh, I was like, "Oh, what a sweet callback to an old, you know." Um, it's got to be the same ship, most likely. I'm guessing that slave one. I think that it would be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I think that it is. Yeah, and we haven't seen any other ships like that before, mm-hmm. so. Um, but uh, that for me is, uh, like I said, it's a little bit of a cheap kind of thrill for <laughs> for me. But I enjoy, I did enjoy that. Um, no, it was absolutely. It was a, it was definitely a cool scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, no, I I totally I because I, I didn't see it in theater, but mm-hmm. but I always do love that. Like you see the bomb drop and you know it it just went off, but you can't hear it and you go, okay, it's coming. Yeah, I can hear it. It's about to come. But yeah. it, and then just all of a sudden, it's right there. And yeah, that's yeah. that's like a really cool sound effect <laughs> to, to add to a bomb. Yeah, it's funny uh, with Star Wars. It's just even the little things like that, like the sound design, or if, uh, not even just sound design, like the the score, or especially for this show, I'm really mm-hmm. the the music. I'm really it's gr- it's been growing on me slowly. Um, every every new episode I watch, I'm like, oh, what a cool little uh, different kind of take on the the theme or like a different like to um i don't know it, it's been growing on me uh, a lot more the, the the music but uh just the sound effects when you see a tie fighter coming coming in you hear that sound and it's from years of watching star wars you you kind of um I, I gotta ask the Tie Fighters. Were you? Was that the first time that you've ever been so excited to see a Tie Fighter come in and save the day? <laughs> yeah, right, right. That was that's, that's a weird scene. That's a I, I like yeah. I like that because we're like I'm not supposed to like this, <laughs> but I do because they save the good guys. Um, yeah, really interesting kind of. Um, and I'm sure the 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 people who made this episode knew that there there it was going to mm-hmm. be kind of a. Uh, mixed emotions there but uh i i like you know we're we're kind of we're kind of wrapping ourselves up in a nostalgic kind of blanket with this show but i'm i'm so glad they're doing a, i'm i'm so glad it's not just the same stuff from the 70s 80s yeah. night, you know uh, star wars stuff. It's, it's not the force awakens which i like the force awakens but it's definitely just rehashing the exact same stuff they, yep that we've seen. I, I, I'm glad that this show is giving us nostalgia, but it's also doing new things and showing us new things and different aspects. Yeah, that was kind of part of what I was uh, talking about with the whole meandering to mm-hmm. to the audience and the idea of 
don't just play so heavily on nostalgia, Mm -hmm. have some character growth and have, have some story growth. Mm -hmm. And that's something that they've definitely done with this. Mm -hmm. Um, even with the circular storytelling and everything like that, like it's been really nice to see some true growth, but at the same time, be able to sprinkle in a little bit of the nostalgia Mm -hmm. uh, here and there with, with, you know, the different things that you've like with Ahsoka Tano Mm -hmm. being able to, you know, have her in there and then her talk a little bit about Yoda and then like, you know, just different, Mm -hmm. like, you know, her time with Anakin Skywalker before, you know, he turned to Vader and Mm -hmm. everything like that. And, you know, it was, it's nice to have that nostalgia into it, but to actually have growth and nostalgia kind of work together. It's been really nice to be able to see that in in this series. I I hope with the the new shows they've announced that they, they kind of learn that from this show that, yeah, man, uh, Star Wars is a big universe and it doesn't all have to just be rehashed. It doesn't all have to be, Skywalker this and lightsaber that although I love lightsabers <laughs> but like yeah it's yeah. Just, it's just such a big universe you can go back in time you can go there's, back thousands of years go four thousands of years you can go to other planets um mm-hmm. there's there's so many cool things that they never ever touched on in mm-hmm. the original in the original saga and then you know even in the the sagas thereafter mm-hmm. the with the prequels and and then Force Awakens like there's so much cool stuff there that they never even touched in any of those. They just tried to really focus on, on the fight between the Jedi and the Sith. And then, right. you know, they, and now you're starting to see them finally branch out. Yeah. Look at, look at the stuff in the middle, mm-hmm. the people that are just like regular people. And that like, you know, even have their own lore and all this other stuff. Like mm-hmm. they're really starting to do that. And I think that's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Delavan. Um, before we go, I've got a multiple choice trivia question and, uh, <laughs> oh, I've already failed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see how it it's, goes. Uh, it's funny. Cause it's like whenever the, when these episodes come out and they mention a planet, I'm like, Ooh, is that a planet they just made up for this episode? Or is it something where we've seen before? Um, and, uh, and, and for the most part, I'm usually, uh, uh, not disappointed, but it's usually n- a new planet that we've not seen before, which makes sense because, like, like I said mm-hmm. a moment ago, it's such a big universe that for them to be like going to the same planets over and over again would be kind of silly, or running into the same people, you know, um, all the time would be kind of weird. But um, the so the multiple choice questions uh, we talked um, quite a bit about stormtroopers and and um, and uh, Boba Fett, Jango Fett, and, and the whole. Uh, the 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 whole clone thing being attached to Django Fett and the stormtroopers. So this question is: Where did the Clone Wars begin? Is the multiple choice. So uh, and these are the planets that I've got here. I got A Tatooine, okay. B Geonosis, C Naboo, or D Coruscant. So where did the Clone Wars begin? It's it's uh, I believe B. Geonosis. Geonosis. That's it. Yep. That's uh that's I believe seen so. in uh in Attack of the Clones, uh episode two, Star Wars, where that's probably the most lightsaber lightsabers we've seen in one <laughs> in one battle. <laughs> um, yeah. That was yeah. that was uh pretty cool at the time because we hadn't seen that that much uh that those many Jedi's in one spot in, in any of the movies. Um and that was prior to having any TV shows. Um, mm-hmm. so that's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, that's where the, uh, whole Clone Wars saga. And then it's funny cause that, 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 that particular episode spawned, I guess. And I guess Revenge of the Sith for the, for a little bit. Cause some of the clone troopers are, um, 
um, in the forefront in that in that movie, but uh, it kind of spawned the uh, Clone Wars cartoon. Uh, I mm-hmm. know there I know there was a movie in front of it, um, an yeah. animated movie, yep. but um, uh, the uh, that that whole um, kind of that whole cartoon kind of spawned off from uh, episode two and three. But um, but yeah, so um, which uh, from we've what we've seen with Ahsoka Tano um, in that episode of The Mandalorian that um, a lot of the Attack of the Clone stuff has played into The Mandalorian. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it has kind of like a I'd say an interesting reach into into how it kind of just skipped over everything that that happened with the yeah. uh, with. Uh, Return of the Jedi and everything. And yeah. Then, and then immediately goes, you know, it kind of skips past all that and then goes straight into where we're at with Mandalorian. Almost like that happened on the way on the other side of the universe. Mm-hmm. And then they're just now yeah. starting to get a lot of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a, let's see. So, uh, uh, Delavan, any expectations for next week's, that's the finale is next week. Expectations mm-hmm. for next week's episode and general thoughts moving forward in the season. Uh, well, I tell you what, the, my, my expectations for the episode for next week, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I th- obviously you're going to have to have some sort of battle with, between Moff Gideon and uh, the Mandalorian. And, and I'm not really sure. I don't know if you'll, if I should expect Bill Burr's character to be involved whatsoever in, in that battle, Yeah, just randomly showing up because they just let him walk. And, yeah. and by letting him walk, I don't know if he's going to be like, well, I, I owe, I owe Mando here, so I need to go, and yeah. I know he's going to be going and attacking Moff Gideon. So who knows? Yeah. Um, but I, there definitely needs. To, I, I'm going to be interested in seeing the the actual battle between, and, and I'm hoping this is happening. Obviously, I have no clue, but I hope that if there is a battle between Moff Gideon and the man and Mando, that that it's, I don't know, I, it's it's better than the fight scenes uh, mm-hmm. with with Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because. Right now, it's been like the most, uh, like a person to person. Like it's not like the old lightsaber battles between in like the prequels. Mm-hmm. Those were really awesome. Those are really cool. But right. obviously, that's not like how real people would fight. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's obviously what a Jedi versus a Sith or a Jedi versus right. Jedi or something. You know, anything along the lines of that would actually be in a fight. Of this is like you see see a true fist fight between two guys that are just trying to duke it out. Right. And I, I kind of hope there there's a switch back to where Moff Gideon is actually like, he doesn't know how to use the dark saber, but at the same time, yeah. knows enough yeah. that it, it's yeah. like a true battle. Yeah. 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 So, so you're saying it, so it's, it shouldn't be Qui-Gon Jinn versus Darth Maul. It should be a little less. Yeah. It, it should be a little bit, uh, it should well, be the original I, Luke, Luke and Darth Vader. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Nice, where it was nice more like, I'm going to get a couple blows in here and there, and then but, we're just going to yeah. stand yeah. and have like a stare off. Or, or like talking you, about. I, and then I get what you're saying with Force Awakens, where like Finn, who has never picked up a lightsaber before, is kind of holding yeah. his own versus somebody who's a full on almost. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, you, you bring up Bill Burr and uh, Migs Mayfield's character. I I I'm suspecting that it'll be like at the end of a New Hope where uh, Han Solo just shows up at the last minute and to mm-hmm. kind of help save the day, you know, um, where he could have just left and and not, you know. So I, I I feel like 
uh, Mayfield's character will show up just at the right moment and uh, and, and save the and help save the day along with our heroes. Um, uh, let's see here, and then um, I think that's it. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I think uh, I covered it all there. Well, that train is like, you hear that? <laughs> Yeah, just a little yeah, bit. It, it it doesn't fail, man. It never fails. We we get a train in every every uh, episode. Um, oh, okay. And then uh, my other prediction for uh, this is this is not going to happen, <laughs> but this is my wishful thinking, is that Grogu using the Force doesn't pick up the lightsaber with his own uh, hand, his little teeny tiny cute hand, but he uses the lightsaber using the Force, picks it up using the Force and slices Moff Gideon in half, just down the middle. And I'm just, no, that, probably, that won't happen. That's just too, too gruesome for somebody to Wait, be split. I just can't imagine. I, I I feel like, like I said, I think there's going to be a fight between Moff Gideon and... The Mandalorian. Uh, the Mandalorian. And the Mandalorian's probably going to win, and when he does win, he's going to take Grogu back. But then yeah. you're going to have Moff Gideon, just like he did the last at the end of last uh. season, he's going to come out of it unscathed, yeah, and he's gonna try to keep, come out, and that's gonna be like, it's continue like because I can't imagine yeah. the next step of uh, bad guy for the Mandalorian. Yeah, I feel like it's because you're gonna have to continue continue on with this, but there's eventually gonna have to be somebody new, and I don't yeah. know if it's gonna be this season. You're right, that happens, but it's eventually gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, because he they've set Moff Gideon up to be a pretty big character, um, and and mm-hmm. we've hardly seen. I mean. I haven't seen very much of them. So, yeah, I think you're right. I, I don't think they dispatch him. I don't think they kill him off in this in this at the end of this season. It'll probably be like that where he they defeat him but he makes it away and 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 mm-hmm. uh, we we get to uh, have him for the next season or kind of in the background of the next season or something. Yeah, for sure. So classic um, fashion, his arm's gonna get cut off. Yeah, you know? yeah, there you go, there you go. Gotta uh, have that because that's. Uh, I'm hoping Grogu does the one is the one that <laughs> chops his arm off or something. Yeah. All right, man. So um, this has been uh, thanks again, Delavan, for um, absolutely joining us here on the podcast. Um, this has been let's see season two, episode seven of The Mandalorian, chapter fifteen, The Believer. This has been Hector for Delavan saying so long, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Uh,